Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps, the book club podcast where we dive into the details of a novel, pair it with a fitting nightcap, and leave a little review when all is said and done. I'm Bree. And I'm Megan. Welcome to our last book club episode of season one of 2023. We did it. Holy cow. We did it. I love the the idea that this is season one because you bet your ass we're coming back again. We're coming around. Bring it back. Um, also, this was just a very fitting book to end the year on. Yes. Like, I, I don't know if we can repeat that, but it just felt so fitting. Maybe so, every year we just end on this book. This one book. <laughs> we just re-record. We <laughs> so I guess on that note, we are reading or talking about This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins. That's how I would say it. <laughs> I'm okay. like, Cousins. Cousins. I mean, she does live like near France. Oh. I actually think it's an English island, but whatever. And um, I have the very cute American copy of this book. As do I on my bookshelf that I can see it, but I can't grab it. <laughs> um, good news on my bookshelves. I've officially taken the steps to build my office and my little library these are coming it's probably going to take me a very long time but purchases have been made are you doing like a built-in kind of yes idea i'm doing a built-in i'm getting a new desk i'm getting a new chair i'm doing a whole thing and my goal is to for it to not take like six months i would like to do it sooner than that so stay tuned yeah, that's going to be like every weekend of your life, though, until it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Because I know that you're way too busy during the week to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then normally by the weekend, I'm like absolutely fried and just a vegetable. But yeah. Hey. Okay. But I think if it's like a passion project like that, then you'll be excited and want to get it done and display all of your beautiful books and your series and just have it feel like a space for you. The reality is it's not a very big space, so I hope it doesn't take me forever. Yeah. Okay. What are we, ta- are we talking Ikea? What are we talking? Oh, yeah. 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 Excellent. For the bookshelves, at least. Yes. Um, yeah. Starting with those Billy bookcases. Hello, Pinterest and like Instagram. Thank you for all of the people that are much smarter than I am and have laid out the instructions for me. Excellent. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. All right. So with our book, though, and for the time of the year, what are we drinking? We are drinking hot chocolate and peppermint schnapps because I just feel like it's cozy. It's comfortable. It's easy peasy. That's a cute mug. I just did a big tumbler. And inside it says, this is my Christmas movie mug. Oh, I can't show you, but. I, I believe it. I'll take your word for it. It's really cute. Good. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have oh Brie. Christmas idea. I don't have any Christmas mugs. Write it down. Let me help you with that. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. If there's any pretty like anthropology ones, <laughs> girl, I'm about that. Yeah. I wish like if I could redo all of my dishes, I would get anthropology 100 percent I love my dishes, but if I could, if I was like a colorful, like wanted like a rustic kind of vibe, I would go anthropology. If I could like, afford anthropology. Oh yeah. I can't afford it either. 
<laughs> I my do. dishes are my wedding gift. That's what that's what I use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. I we have an anthropology not far from us, and I do love to go in there. I just love the way it smells. <laughs> it just makes me happy being there. Yes, agree. Okay, sorry. We were talking about hot chocolate and schnapps. Um, so typically I at first, I was like, I'm not even going to put a link because it's self-explanatory. You do however much snaps you want and pre-mixed hot chocolate. However, if you want to make your own hot chocolate, I do have a link that we, I'm not going to talk through it, but if you wanted to like, you know, start from scratch, do your own thing with the whole cocoa powder and sugar and milk and whatever, this link has it. It's not how to make your own schnapps, just your own hot chocolate mix. <laughs> See, I love my, what is it? Swiss Miss, Miss Swiss, whatever it's called. Just the classic. The thing, and I've seen a lot of, um, like on Instagram, the videos of, there's one specifically about hot chocolate where it's like, it's either burning hot, scald your mouth, or it's freezing cold, watery clumps. And there is no in-between for hot chocolate. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's actually 100% correct. <laughs> well, this is a wonderful choice and just super festive and comforting. Yes. And I'm all decorated for Christmas. So like this just makes me feel so cheerful. <laughs> see, you can't see it, but my office tree is right here. It's, it's so cute. It has books on it. <laughs> I love that. I have like a little village behind me. Cute. I got my Santas. I've got some tins, you know, things like that. You know, my, this is my candy cane and book tree. It's very cute. Are all of your trees themed? Um, well, like our main tree is kind of the, the everything tree, but it does have, I would say, a color theme to it mm -hmm. for the most part. Although there's a couple of sprinkles of other things in there, but just my office tree is specifically my candy cane and book tree. Nice. Um, another Christmas idea for me, uh, you could get me a book ornament. I may have already thought about that. Oh my gosh. Well, good for you. <laughs> you could also do that for me too, if you wanted. I'll see if I can find some cute ones. Okay. Okay. Um, okay well, let's talk about this book. Um, so we'll start by talking about our author, Sophie. Before publishing her debut novel, which was this one. I'll talk about the other one she's written since. This is her debut novel. Before that, she was a TV producer in London for over 12 years. Oh gosh, I did not know that. Yep, neither did I. Very, very cool. Um, I'm trying to fix my screen. Sorry. According to her website, she worked on The Graham Norton Show, Russell Howard's Good News, and Big Brother. So a couple of ones that we have heard of, even in America. Yeah. Now she's a full-time writer of romantic comedies while being a mom to two children. Oh, I love so, that. Um, one thing, so I will say all of this information is just from her website, which I will link. And then there was this one little mention on her website that I really, really liked. So this is a full quote. Quote, Sophie yearns for a time when she can add a miniature dash hound to her brood and wishes for the ability to read books faster than she keeps buying them. And I think we can all relate. Yes, I would also like a little wiener dog and <laughs> and read more books. <laughs> My parents have a little wiener dog and he's super cute. Yes. He's super cute. Okay, so the writing style for this book is a third-person point of view. We are really following the two main characters, Minnie and Quinn. And we've also got multiple sort of timelines going. So we kind of flip back and forth between um, 
the present in this book is 2020 and also a pre-COVID version of what 2020 would have looked like for Minnie and Quinn. Well, remember, um, we only go as far as January and COVID really wasn't until March, February, you know, depending on where you lived. <laughs> so, and then we have some other years leading up to all that, which we will get to. So the book setting for this is London, but, 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 but <laughs> we literally just talked about London. We love London. <laughs> we do. We love London. We love being across the pond. But since we literally just talked about it, please bear with me because I'm going to kind of do a hodgepodge of facts about Liverpool and I'll tell you why. Okay. Just hold on. Liverpool. Okay. And then I also have some New Year's Eve facts to round us oh, out. Fun. Good idea. Okay, so Liverpool. One of my favorite words ever is Liverpudlian, which is someone who sing it. Yeah, Liverpudlian. Oh my gosh, I was gonna say like Liverpoolian. <laughs> Maybe it sounds cooler over there, but Liverpudlian. Uh, this is a, someone who is a native of Liverpool or someone who lives there, and it is referenced one time in this book and. In that one sentence, I was so happy because you never hear it used in America, obviously. So uh, if you travel just 170 miles outside of London, you may find yourself in Liverpool. So I'm going to talk briefly about that. So this is a city in Merseyside, Northwest England. Merseyside is the county. Um there is some dispute about the origins of the city name, but here's a bit of what Wikipedia has to say on the matter. Always reliable there. And if you really want to dive into all of the like dispute, feel free. But the name stems from Old English with lifer, lifer, I don't know, which means thick or muddy water and pole, which means pool or creek. Or creek. So lifer, pool. Okay. The first record of the area is from 1190 as Liverpool, which is spelled L-I-U-E-R-P-U-L. So you can kind of see where it's going. See. Yeah, you can see the leap. You can the U turns to a V and boom. You get Added it. two O's, you're there. Done. <laughs> so that was in 1190, but it wasn't actually a, an established borough until 1207. And then coming back to our Liverpudlian. So this adjective didn't come around until the 1800s, according to records. So no one was calling them Liverpudlians for a very long time. In the 600 18- years, no one was a Liverpudlian. <laughs> and now you know that that is just one of the words that makes me super happy. And it is referenced one single time in this book. Excellent. I love that. What what good facts about Liverpool? Now you know. Um, so I was going to go like further into that, but then it just wasn't super interesting and my mind couldn't process it. So here are some New Year's Eve facts. Sorry. This is honestly my life. Like if you, even today, if you knew, like, I mean, I thought I was having like a mental break. I was like, I don't think my brain is actually functioning. <laughs> and, and so here we are. So these are New Year's Eve facts from today's Life Online, and I will link their specific posts about this. First, the first New Year's Eve celebration goes back 4,000 years with Julius Caesar and emperor, the emperor of Rome at the time who declared January 1st a national holiday. And remember, 
the Romans, they knew the months, the days, the, I mean, this, they go back way, 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 way far. Like they knew all of this stuff 4,000 years ago. Yes. And I would say prior to that, and this is not in my facts and is somewhere out there in the universe. Um, we used to celebrate New Year's or we humans used to celebrate New Year's, like not in January. Oh, see, and that would be strange, but thank God for Julius Caesar. <laughs> so Julius Caesar was really the one that, that turned the New Year's that we know it. Yes. This. Okay. Uh, fun fact here, nearly half of Americans make New Year's re resolutions and around 25% give up by the second week of January. Girl, I know that's true because if I go to my gym, any, like probably the first month of the new year, it is overloaded and then they significantly drop off. <laughs> the second week of January, a quarter of people have like given up on their resolution, yeah. which is insane. And then I didn't include it here, but I think it's like by February, then that reaches half of people have given up their resolutions. Oh my gosh. There you go. Um, Americans drink nearly 360 million glasses of sparkling wine or champagne during this time. Wow. I mean, my grocery store already has it out. Like there is a shelf of like, here's your Welch's sparkling and here's your, you know, uh, Prosecco and all of that stuff. So they're preparing. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. And last fact, the first Times Square ball dropped in 1907 and it weighed 700 pounds at the time. This has happened every single year except for, and this is not in my notes, but I believe the only two years it hasn't dropped were 90, 19, no, 1943 and 1944 for World War II. Mm, makes sense. Makes I'm I'm almost positive about that, but so 1907, it was 700 pounds. How much do you think it weighs today? Are you looking at my notes? I am, but I'm going to still make a guess because that's not the number I would have guessed. Okay. First of all, a 700 pound ball drop just sounds extreme. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess in today's world, because we like to make things bigger, better, heavier, <laughs> I would say like 5,000. That's a pretty big leap. From 700 to 5,000? I agree. To me, that sounds not reasonable, but definitely more reasonable than 11,000 pounds, which is what it is. Like, what is it made out of? That's 11,000 pounds. Like, I, well, so I didn't include that. If you go to the link, it like tells you all of the crystals and the things that are on it. But to me, I'm still like, how is that 11,000 pounds? Like, how do they get it? I mean, I mean, it's all like the hydraulics and stuff too. I'm sure that make it drop, but geez, Louise, like, I can't, I can't imagine being the, the truck that has to carry that load. <laughs> oh man. And to think like, what if you screwed up? That's 11,000 pounds of screw up right there. <laughs> It'd be a really bad day. Bad way to start the year. I yeah. feel like whew. that would be a really bad omen. That's how 2020 should have started. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something that would happen to Minnie Cooper. Oh, yes. It would indeed. Poor Minnie Cooper. <laughs> Poor Minnie Cooper. It's so unfortunate. Okay. So on that note, let's talk about good old Minnie Cooper here. On New Year's Eve in 2019, Minnie Cooper went to a party with her boyfriend, Greg. And this was not very typical of Minnie, who has believed she has the worst luck on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for ever, as long as she can remember. And it's immediately, 
immediately clear at this party that Minnie doesn't feel like she fits in as she sees like the other guests and she's introduced to Lucy Donahue, who's who is sort of the host of this event, which is a party for Lucy's boyfriend. She might not be wrong about her luck either, seeing as it didn't really take that long before someone threw up on her. It's just a that's a really bad. That's that is like honestly probably one of the worst things I think that could happen to you any day. Doesn't matter if it's New Year's. I never like I am a mom of a toddler and I have knock on wood not been thrown up on yet. Like true vomit. And I just think that's one of the worst bodily functions that could occur on you. I vomit or diarrhea. I'm impressed that she went to the bathroom to try to take care of this because I would just leave. I would just leave or I would also throw up and then nope. I would leave. <laughs> I would 100%. I, yeah, I would definitely also throw up. And if that person was nearby, they would probably be the like recipient of that. And yeah. then I would leave. Yes. Yes. She doesn't though. She went to the bathroom to try to clean up and then got stuck inside with a dead phone. Have you ever been stuck in a bathroom before? I'm trying to think. I don't think a bathroom. Have you ever been stuck in a changing room? Like a dressing room. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's that's probably my closest equivalent where like the door handle doesn't move and you've unlocked it and you know you've unlocked it. And you're just like that moment of like bubbling panic rises up inside of you. And then like the um, employee finally comes around and opens the door. <laughs> I did get stuck in a gas station bathroom in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. And it was very scary. I did not care for it. And it was a long time before I used gas station bathrooms after that. Understandably so. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. So Minnie, however, isn't rescued until the next morning because Greg, her boyfriend freaking left. Yeah, dude, like right off the bat, I'm just like, Greg, you are not it. I can you're telling me, Greg, that you it never crossed your mind to go look in the bathroom for her? Where she didn't she tell him that's where she was going? What? And like you never see her come back? Don't you think she's still there? I just come don't in. accept this as okay, nor like super plausible unless you're just a total ass. See, I feel like like if this were Kyle and I, and I went and the one in the restroom. He would call and text me a million times. When I don't answer, he'd be like, huh, this is weird. She probably doesn't have reception or her phone died. And then he would come and check on me as one should. (laughs) So basically Greg sucks. Yeah. A lot. And instead, Minnie is greeted by the man that the party was for, being that it is his birthday. And somehow he is now there at like 745 in the morning. So I'd say probably a good night for him. Ironic because it is also Minnie's birthday, but he's not just like a fun birthday buddy. He is Quinn Hamilton, the man who stole her name back in 1990. I'm <laughs> I don't, I like love this whole meeting and just like the stealing. I think it's like kind of funny. Just this whole, like, it's a, like, funny rom-com start. And it I, really is. And, like, what are the chances, you know? Like, you meet the guy. Okay, it's, first, it's like, if I ever meet someone with my birthday, I'm like, oh, my gosh, birthday buddies. If I met someone with either my same name or the name I was supposed to have and also my birthday, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> That's crazy. 
And she just Im- immediately ticked about it. Yeah. So, so we flash back to New Year's Eve in 1989. Connie and Tara were both in labor at the same hospital, and there was a citywide contest taking place for who ever delivered the first baby of the 90s. Which is so 80s and it 90s is of that so, occurrence. Yes. yes. Oh, it is so, it makes me laugh. And for Connie specifically, like that reward money would just help with so many different things. She's already thinking in her head, like, I can pay this off. I can pay this bill. I can get new baby clothes. I can do all of these things. Connie and Tara quickly bonded, despite the fact that I think as a reader, we're still like, we can tell there are definite differences between the two women. But they quickly bonded, especially with Connie helping Tara throughout the night through labor. She told Tara about her plans to name the baby Quinn when it arrived. And it did look like one of the two women would indeed have the first baby of 1990. The next day, though, baby Quinn was all over the news as the first baby, but it wasn't Connie's. It was Tara's. She won the prize money and used the name for her baby boy. I would be pissed (laughs) i would also be so we will get to it i would also be super pissed because this is like part of the reason that i mean jared and i have like talked about baby names before we don't have a baby but just have kai when he counts but we've talked about baby names and like i don't want to tell people because i even if you don't mean it in a bad way if you're just like i really like that name or I really like you and I want it to be like an ode to you up. Uh, no, mm-hmm. like, please don't use my baby name. Yeah. I feel like anymore. I, I don't know how it was, I guess, like when we were being named, you know, we're nineties babies, but I, I do feel like the, the women I know having children, people keep their names close. And like you said, it's not like it's a negative thing, but I feel like people, a have a lot of opinions about names Yes. Like you really, you don't want someone to take your name. That's a sacred, you know, you've thought of it, you're planning for it. You know, you and your husband or your spouse, whoever have gone through all these names and narrowed it down to this select, you know, perfect match for, or, you know, one or two matches that you can go into the hospital and like, oh yeah, they look like this or whatever. But like, that is, that's so sacred and so special. So it's one thing for Tara to have won the prize money, but to have taken the name like that, that's where I would be infuriated. I would not be happy. Um, this just made me think about it too. So yes to all of those reasons, but also I know someone and she's never going to listen to this, but she, she did tell everyone the name that she planned for her baby. And they, so everyone was getting her monogram stuff, stuff with the baby's name everywhere. And then when the baby was born, she named it a different name. And so she had all of these things with this you other baby. can't return because it's custom. No, they're custom. You can't do anything about it. You just have like blankets and clothes and <sighs> pictures and I mean, all sorts of stuff with the baby's name on it. And like, I don't even know what happened to all of that stuff. Tell you just have to Facebook marketplace and hopefully someone else has the exact same initials. <laughs> <laughs> So all of these years, Connie has been super bitter about it and also comments on Minnie being unlucky. So like Minnie thinks she's unlucky, but she also grew up being told that she's super unlucky all because she's not a twin. So unfair of her mom to do that. Like when I was reading this part, I'm like, that is a lot of unfair pressure and like 
like low-key hatred you know just like a lot of undermining and undercutting your poor child who had no choice in the matter it's not their fault but you're constantly like placing the blame on them of this unfortunate unlucky you know happenings in your life I really the way her mom treats her really bothers me Mm -hmm. I agree sad I agree so Minnie now present day sort of tells Quinn a bit about this and like he has a hard time believing that someone would actually be that annoyed about a name and think that their luck has changed because they weren't named Quinn but okay he tries to get her to go to breakfast with him but she declines he also tries to get her number because he's like hey I'll reach out to you again and I found this a little odd she tells him to find her on Facebook like I don't know it, well, one, I don't really like it when people message me on Facebook. <laughs> so I found that strange. Yeah. But that's fine, I guess, to each their own. Right. And- I feel like maybe, too, she's like, if you really want to find me, look me up on Facebook. You know, yeah. like if you're if you're going to try that hard, at least find my social media. I did like her comment about, like, I'm basically the only one that doesn't have a profile photo of a Mini Cooper. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so true (laughs) oh man it's so unfortunate but it is really funny so the bad luck continued when Minnie got home now on New Year's Day she couldn't get into her apartment because she'd like lost her coat had her keys in it so it's a whole thing she goes to her friend Layla's to sort of recap the night clean up after being thrown up on and then locked in a nightclub toilet for too many hours and tell her about Quinn. When she finally does get back to her place to be let in by the landlord, he drops the news that she's going to need to move out for being behind on her payments. It's been a day. So she takes some sleeping pills and goes to bed the rest of the day. And I like, don't blame her. I don't either. After, after a night like that. Yeah. You bet your ass I'm sleeping that off. (laughs) Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Back in 2015, on New Year's Eve, Minnie and Layla were in India together for a vacation. Oh my gosh, is that going to be me and you going to India together? We do need to plan our trip. We need to figure out where we're going. We need to plan a lot of trips because I don't think we're going to be able to cover all the bases we need to cover in one trip. (laughs) But we should just start with like, we need to do one a year. We need to figure, we need to start planning for the next one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I want to go to India first. No, not first, but eventually. Eventually, eventually. (laughs) For them, though, this was where they had their first idea for their pie business. It's where they started discussing it. It's where they briefly took care of a stray dog that came up to them. And it's where Minnie, sorry, I wrote Layla, Minnie's bag was searched at the airport, making them miss their flight and have to spend the night on the airport floor because she has bad luck every New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But Layla kind of caused that one. So it's fine. Yeah. At the same exact time, in the same exact place, Quinn Hamilton was having a very different sort of trip to India. He had planned a romantic dinner on the beach with his girlfriend at the time, but they were on very different pages about the stage of their relationship, and Quinn felt temporarily rescued by a stray dog from an uncomfortable conversation he was going to have to have with his girlfriend when it ran up to him and he decided to pick him up and take him back wherever he came from. They are just ships passing in the night. Amen. Also, though, 
So, and we'll get to this, I'm sure. This is not the first time that Quinn has these like awkward moments with significant others. And I almost like the first time I read it, I was like, man, that's that sucks. Like that they're on different pages. But I feel like he's been putting himself in these situations though, where like you plan a romantic dinner. What do you think is gonna happen? Like if I if if Kyle, if we weren't married yet and Kyle took me on a vacation to India planned a romantic dinner. I'm thinking a proposal. Absolutely. And like he has done this a few times and every time it's like this big romantic fanfare. And then he's like, Oh wait, mm, no, we're not on the same page. And they're not romantic dinners that it's just like, Hey, I booked us a reservation at this nice restaurant there. This is elaborate. Yes. This is like someone set it up. Yeah. Yeah. So much planning went into this. I don't know. Yeah, it's not super fair to think that the girl or the person on the receiving end, like, wouldn't expect that. Right. Agree. And, like, sure, I mean, they, Sophie kind of paints this girl as, like, you know, she's an influencer. All she cares about is the nice pictures and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But he's still leading her astray by having this all set up and planned out. Of course she's thinking a proposal. Of course she's going to dress up and want to take pictures of these moments because she thinks it's going to be a big life-changing moment. Yeah. Of course she wants her nails done because I'm sorry, any girl that says that they don't want their nails done when they're getting proposed to is lying. Right. Like, or it really was like completely caught off guard. Yeah. They do want <laughs> their nails done. That it's coming, get your nails done. You, you do want that. Even, I mean, I get my nails done now, but at the time I did not whatsoever but I wanted to make sure my nails were done when I was getting engaged. Mm -hmm. So yeah. The day after her birthday, Minnie heads to no hard feelings, which is the name of her pie business. I love that. I love it too. Things there are not off to a great start. Beverly burned the pies and Alan's delivery truck got booted. And Layla wants to talk more about Quinn who did message Minnie on Facebook like he found her, which is good. But Minnie is really trying to deal with like all of the pie crises at hand. And so she calls Greg, who she hasn't really talked to, to ask for help with him loaning his vehicle. He's just in a super pissy mood, though, about the party and whatever. And so he hangs up on her, which is, I will say, it doesn't say that. It's kind of like he might have hung up on her. They might have lost the connection. I think he hung up on her. That is my interpretation. He sucks. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she goes to redial and goes off on him. Like this whole speech about her being locked in the bathroom and like needing help and needing a car and yada, yada, yada. But it is not Greg on the receiving end. It is Quinn. Now, I very much do not understand how this could possibly happen, but it's fine. I'm okay with it as a story, but I don't. Because they didn't change numbers. Right. And like, I don't know how, if you're on the phone with someone, I don't know how you like accidentally dial them through Facebook. It doesn't. Maybe it's like a a UK thing. Maybe. maybe things are different over there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay. So, anywho, Quinn hears all of this. He gets her whole rant, hears about her mentioning she needs a car, and he is happy to help. 
So Quinn shows up, he gets to meet the whole crew at No Hard Feelings, and then he drives Minnie to her deliveries for the day, which is really nice. He's also pretty impressed with Minnie's business and the service that it provides to people who really need the food. Like she's actually catering to people in the community that are in need of these services. But she admits to him that the business like isn't doing the best financially. When they finish, Quinn asks to take Minnie to meet his mom with the last pie. Mm-hmm. Turns out Minnie and Quinn also grew up not far from each other, but their upbringings couldn't have been more different. When Minnie meets Tara, Tara is quick to tell her that she never intended to steal the name. Like Quinn has obviously filled his mom in on the whole thing. She says it was more of a tribute and she never thought it would stop Connie from using the name. Again, we do not agree with this. No. But Tara would love to meet Connie someday to explain. They all sort of like plan to eat some pie together when Layla calls Minnie with a bit of an emergency. They really don't have the funds to like keep their business going. And she's trying to explain this call and the situation to Quinn, which just doesn't go well. And in her very animated speech, she ends up breaking a lamp at Tara's home. This sends Tara into a panic and Minnie sort of has to abruptly and very awkwardly leave. Yeah, I was, um, I couldn't quite wrap my head around Tara's reaction. And it's not until later where, like, I kind of get it more. But she just seems very fragile. Like, very, I almost want to say unstable. Like, anything could really kind of set her off or trigger her into this, like, panicky, depressive kind of mood. And so I just wasn't, the first time I read that, I wasn't quite sure how to wrap my head around her reaction to like, okay, it's just shattered glass, like not a big deal, you know? Yeah. She's hard to read, no pun intended, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which she is. Um, But I almost feel like that might be intentional too, because that's what Quinn's life has been like. True. True. Very caught off guard all the time. Yeah, what his life has been like, and then also what he's allowed other people to see is sort of the situation, like, they don't know the depths or the true circumstances of it. They just get this brief glimpse at potentially what his life is like, and then they have no real understanding of it Mm -hmm. moving forward. I just thought about that. That's fair. That's a very good observation. So, but it is. She's, you're kind of like, whoa, that's quite the reaction for um this lamp breaking yes it's a, it's an overreaction is what i think i that's the word i was like it was it's an overreaction to like a situation that could it was an accident that happened you know but it's just this big like is anyone bleeding oh, and you're like whoa lady what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah well and quinn also immediately like just kind of shutting down and telling Minnie, hey you just need to go yeah get out like he totally switched from being this person of let me drive you home we had this great day together to please leave yeah please leave my mom is upset I need to like take care of this yeah yeah very strange okay so a little flashback 
On New Year's Eve in 2010, Minnie was working with this awful pastry chef at this super fancy schmancy restaurant. Everyone knew that he was particularly harsh with her, but that didn't stop the behavior. And with one little mishap, he fired her. Like he was looking for any sort of reason to actually get rid of her. And someone sent back food with a little piece of plastic in it. And he was like, all right, you're gone. At the same restaurant, Quinn was on a dinner date. But the date was interrupted a bit with Quinn's mom calling and Polly, the girlfriend, being annoyed by the frequency of these occurrences. Polly then found a small piece of plastic in her dessert in her dessert, and she was like super pissed with Quinn not having this reaction that she wanted him to have about finding plastic in her food, all this stuff. Like she sends it back. And Quinn had to go off, take a call. And while he was doing this, he couldn't help but briefly catch the eye of a crying chef as she ran out. I wonder who again. You're crossing. Just always in the same place. Wrong time. Shortly after her day with Quinn, Minnie went back to work, ready to break the news to everyone that the business was going to have to close, except Layla was there and thrilled because she had news of a huge order that was going to help them out. It was an, or an order for a bunch of corporate businesses, but that like didn't really matter because they needed the money. So big order, it's going to keep them afloat. Awesome. Yes. While out making the deliveries in mid-January, Minnie finds herself at Quinn's business, and he is the person that placed this large order, which at first she was like, maybe Greg did it. Oh, my gosh. Like, Greg, my great boyfriend. No. <laughs> Quinn did it. No. Greg's too selfish to do something like that. <laughs> no. Greg definitely didn't do it. Though they meet in his office for the first time since the incident at his mom's, and he starts to offer her a bit of unsolicited unsolicited advice on like her business model, and she wants absolutely no part of it. She actually gets pretty defensive and kind of lashes out, and this leads to another instance with her like awkwardly leaving. I will say this whole exchange like is well one they're really quick to say like kind of hurtful things about one another in my opinion and without really knowing each other. Um, and I don't know, on one hand I'm like, okay, he's just trying to help, but also him dropping lines about like, I charge people this amount of money for this advice. Yeah. Can't you just take it? And I was like, all right, maybe leave that part out. Like you can give her advice without being like, I'm this hotshot person. Right. I and think that part rubbed me the wrong way too. I agree with you because it's like a unsolicited advice from anybody about anything is just, it's unsolicited. You didn't ask for it. It's unwarranted. And sometimes it's not helpful. She knows that her business is floundering. She doesn't need you to then tell her, Oh, these are the 20 best ways to fix it. Cause I'm an entrepreneur and I made my own, like it's it, just cause it worked for you. Doesn't mean it will work for her. And, and agree like with the whole, like I charge this much an hour, look at me. I'm so cool. I'm so rich and I can do so well for myself. You would be, you should be thankful that I'm talking to you about this. Like that's just completely unnecessary on Un, again, unsolicited. It was unsolicited advice from an unsolicited business. <laughs> yeah. And so she kind of dishes it back at him too about like, you know, like you're just some guy who's always had money. You have absolutely no idea like what my life has been like. True. But a little bit worse and more hurtful. 
Yes. And in a flashback to Quinn's childhood, we understand why Minnie's words hurt him so much and how like he has had to deal and manage his mom's mental health issues since he was just a young kid and his dad left. And it it is like really sad, especially that scene where it's his birthday and he goes up and his mom is just laying there and is like, I'm having a bad day. Yeah. And you can tell she has like a manic depressive disorder, just like something where she just like nothing exists except for her in her bed on those days, you know, like if she just needs to cope with whatever and we do, I don't know if you'll cover it, but we do eventually find out why this, this happened or where she got to this point. But it is, it is so unfortunate to think of a little boy just so excited for his birthday, waiting for that gift from his mom. And then he gets no feedback, no emotion, nothing. Yeah. I don't think I really go into the details of it, but just know or read that like it is very serious. It's very serious. It's trigger warning worthy if you're going to get into this. Yeah. Um, yes, it's it's not something for the faint of heart, unfortunately. Yeah. For a rom com, it is uh it is quite a serious note in isn't that I feel like rom-coms are like that though you know like there's always this like really deep cut actual like underlying thing but it's like but it's comedy <laughs> but it's funny everything's good I feel like that okay why can't I think of the words I swear like my brain really isn't functioning like that is partly like our generation and I would argue like even people a little bit older than us like we deal a lot of that with like humor true like, we're like, okay, like, we're going to laugh about this because it just makes light of a very serious situation, yeah. which, I mean, I, I do all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just, like, a coping mechanism, but I yes. do think it's, I guess, funny that a lot of romantic comedy tropes do tend to have this, like, pretty serious dark undertone. <laughs> if you read into it, it's like, oh, shit, that's, that's not good. You're like, that's actually really sad. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Minnie hangs out with Ian, Layla's boyfriend, one day, and he tells her that he plans to propose to Layla soon. But, and a huge but, all caps but, he also wants Minnie to consider closing the business because of the amount of stress it puts on Layla. Thinking through all of this, she goes to Greg's, who shows her a scathing article that Lucy Donahue wrote about her now ex-boyfriend, Quinn. And that's not the only breakup, because shortly after, Minnie also breaks up with Greg. And you could go, they like, I guess it's a, you know, it ends up being a rather peaceful breakup, and they end on good terms, but... There you go. They break up. It was for the best. Greg sucked. Yeah, Greg sucked. It was also hilariously moderated by the roommate that Greg doesn't like. And I was just like, wow, this guy should be a therapist. <laughs> I, I did appreciate that. Go Clive. You yes. Yeah, that was his name, Clive. I couldn't think of who I was. Clive. What a, what a very British name to have. Clive. <laughs> it is a super British name. It makes me think of like a horse. Like I just picture like a Clydesdale horse named yeah. Clive. Yes, or like a butler, like an old timey butler. Yes. But maybe that's like uh um what is that? Jeeves or whatever. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On New Year's Eve in 2007, Quinn went out to a teen nightclub with some friends. 
not exactly an easy thing for him to do while taking care of his mom. And like she worries about him a lot, but he makes it. Right at the countdown to midnight and away from the crowd, he met this blonde girl and had an instant connection with her. And they share a kiss at midnight, but then this whole moment is interrupted when his mom calls him and he's like, I'll be right back. When he comes back, the girl is gone and he didn't see her again. Who was the girl? Okay, but in this moment, I'm not gonna lie, I'm like, but she's blonde. I was like, Minnie's not blonde. Like who? I, I went back because I was like, did I just totally picture her wrong in my head? Like, did I read that wrong? I'm like going back looking for description. Is she blonde? No. Is she a brunette? That's what I was picturing. Mm-hmm. With like curly hair. Yeah. So what the heck? Who's this blonde girl? We will get to it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this has to be Minnie, but... And it's like at the nightclub that they both joked about when they were ri- driving to Tara's house. They're like, oh, remember that? Ha ha ha. Like, yeah. so. what was the, what was the, the teen nightclub in Cedar Rapids? Oh, what was it? You called, like, I never went. I never went, but I always heard it advertised. You went? Free. Ew. I know. It's so gross. I know. What was it called? I feel like it's called like Night Storm or something. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Am I recalling? I feel like you're right. Does that even exist anymore? Oh gosh, I hope not. Gosh, that's just got to be riddled with. It is so embarrassing. (laughs) I have to edit that out. I don't need like. (laughs) Oh, that just cracked it. Because I remember it being on Z102.9 and it was like Night Storm, Foam Party, blah, blah, blah. My mom was like, I'm never going to that. It was <laughs> okay. so gross. It was so gross. Oh, man. But, you know, when you're 13 through 15, you're like, anything's possible. I can go to these nightclubs. It's fine. It sounds so cool at the time. And then you look back and you're like, I really regret that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Oh. <laughs> okay. Are you disappointed in me as a friend? No, I mean... It's hilarious. It's, it's, that's funny. Just know that I, A, wasn't allowed and B, really didn't have a desire to go. (laughs) It was before our friendship. Yes. Yes. Uh, All right. In February, 2020, Minnie is back living at home. She had to get out of her apartment and like the business is not doing super great. And so she makes this to-do list for her life or like at this point, no, I don't think the the business is not doing well, but we're not there yet with mm-hmm. like it being kaput. Mm-hmm. So she makes this to-do list for her life, which I love a good to-do list. And sometimes you need to make those life ones. And one item includes apologizing to Quinn. So she finds herself at his office on the weekend and like all of the lights are on. So she's like, maybe he's here. And he is. He invites her up and he's also been drinking. So he like shares his whiskey with her in the office and they're having just this like great conversation. They talk about the whole Lucy article. He doesn't seem too butthurt about it, but like this brings into some deeper topics about like Quinn's troubles with commitment, but he will, he'll kind of drop these like one liners that you want him to elaborate on. And then he, yeah, he doesn't. And he's like, well, if I'm going to share that, then I need to know more about you. 
So they also talk about Minnie and Greg's breakup. But then before things can go any further, Quinn's Tinder date arrives and he leaves with her. Classic. Love it. Classic. I just, I love that, like, he just got out of a relationship is saying, like, I can't commit to anything. And then Tinder shows up. <laughs> yeah. Like, real, so awkward for Minnie to just be like, yeah, it's, okay. It's so awkward, especially when she's, like, still standing there while they're talking. I was like, leave, leave. You gotta leave. You gotta leave. <laughs> walk away. Walk away. <laughs> but she's like, oh, I, I, I could say something. And then, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, That is one. I mean, we've all had those moments, though, where, like, you're standing there, and then you say something, and you think, oh, like, why am I still talking? Like, yeah. just <laughs> apart from this situation, why are you here? I hate that you have that inner monologue where you're like, oh, why did that come out of my mouth? Yes. I need to leave. Ugh. Well, because especially in moments like that, like, it's not even, you don't typically say the smoothest thing either when you're already, like, internally debating if you should still be standing there or not. So it's not like it's this great, like, conversation starter. It's like, Oh, okay. And now, and now I really need to excuse myself. <laughs> Have you seen those like memes or reels where it's something about like you get back from a social, like somewhere you were socializing and you just think like, wow, that was not my best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel that a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will say I haven't been in that setting in a long time, but I, I know the feeling. <laughs> Oh man, I wouldn't even call it a social setting, but I was like with a group of people last night and I, there's like one point where I said something and I'm like, why, why was that? Why didn't I just keep that to myself? Like no one else needed to hear that part of the conversation. I'm like, oh man, not, not my best. It's fine. (laughs) While trying to plan out Layla's engagement with the No Hard Feelings group, I love, I probably am saying feelings, but it's feelings, which I love that Ian is not there. He's just not a part of this, but that's okay. (laughs) So they're planning this elaborate engagement. And then Layla shows up and has super bad news again about the finances. She thinks that they should do some more corporate orders, but Minnie takes this as the opportunity to mention that that was never the plan for the business and everything unravels. They have a huge, massive fight, big blow up. And then like, they're just done. The business is Layla leaves and like, that's it for no hard feelings. I'm not going to lie. I do not like how many approach this conversation with Layla because she basically made Layla's decision for her. Yes. And I totally understood why Layla was like really pissed about it because she was like, you're basically putting words into my mouth and or emotions that like, that's not how I feel about this. And yeah. So I also don't like that. She was like, they saw success in that one corporate order. And she was so quick to shut it down because it was attributed to Quinn or whatever emotional turmoil she's feeling in regards to that but I agree with you like she's she's putting words into Layla's mouth and I I agree with Layla in that she is so quick to dismiss what I agree with Layla that Minnie is so quick to dismiss everything that Layla has done for the business and all of the you know 
hours that she spent and all of the yeah. all of her financial capability that she's put into the business that it's just really unfair for Mindy to be like, and we're done. And Layla's like, you're not even going to try. Like, right. What are we doing? She wouldn't even have a conversation about it. And I think that's what really bothered me. It was like, mm -hmm. that was not the way to approach that whatsoever. Like mm -hmm. if, if you really feel passionately about not taking the corporate orders, which I feel like there was an answer there for you to figure something out to like do what you care about, but also make this financially, I don't know, reasonable for your business. But it was like, she didn't even want to sit down and talk about it. Minnie no. had already made up her mind. So she basically made up Layla's mind too. And just thinking off the cuff, not to like prolong this part of the conversation, but I think it's relevant. Like Minnie, not necessarily her fault, but also kind of her fault. She's always been the victim of her circumstance. Like I'm Minnie, I'm bad luck. This is what's happening to, uh, happening to me. This is just another bad luck situation for me and I can't cope with it. And so I'm done. And so she always is just in this state of I'm a victim, bad things happen to me and there isn't anything I can do about it. So true. That is 100% her MO. Um, please excuse me while I also eat chicken nuggets while we record. Uh, no problem at all. <laughs> okay. So it is now May 2020. And Minnie is at a local pond ready to take up swimming again, which was something she used to do. She's getting back into it. It's like relaxing, comforting, good exercise. And oh, Quinn Hamilton also does it. So Quinn Hamilton is there. After they swim, they get coffee and breakfast together nearby. Minnie fills him in on how the business is closed, and he opens up a little bit more about his mom's anxiety. It's all a lot harder than Minnie realized and not something he's really shared with many people. So he just kind of, you know, is opening up a little bit more. Feels comfortable talking to her, which is good. Next, they go to the zoo, which is just so cute. It is like this super sweet day. I find it absolutely adorable until it's all ruined when they're having this moment of eye contact and looking at one another. And Quinn says, and I had to do an exact quote because it just is what it is. Don't look at me like that. Like you want me to kiss you. End quote. That hurts. That that burns. That burns. That's a line. That's not one you forget. No. And that's one that makes you feel like shit. Oh, <laughs> that is definitely one you turn around and run away. Um, he does say like, well, one, he's seeing someone and it's not the Tinder date. It's someone new. So just going through them. And two, he wouldn't be, quote, good for her. I um, roll, I roll. Huge I roll. That sounds like such a line. Like, uh, I'm not good for you. Like, as if he's some, like, bad boy. No, dude, you just work at a corporate office. You're fine. You have commitment issues and a mom with anxiety. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good for you. No, so no, So does no. the rest of America. <laughs> right. <laughs> come on over here. Come over to this side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, come to this side of the pond. We all have anxiety and commitment problems. <laughs> so many leaves, rightfully so, and calls Layla. Even though their friendship has been strained, Layla immediately knows something is wrong and is ready to jump in. Like, I, I hate that something bad had to happen, but also I'm really glad that you're still there for each other. Yes. That's true friendship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
The next month, it is time for Layla's crazy engagement, which is a whole thing. It is like enchanted and Disney, but weird. It, so that's that. Read the book if you really want to know more. Um, Ian had waited until Layla and Minnie made up with their friendship, which I thought was so cute. I put a little heart in my notes because I was like, what a good person. That is so nice. And it's all fun and kind of crazy. Layla says yes. Woo-hoo. But then Minnie gets a call from her mom who is with Tara Hamilton and needs Minnie's help contacting Quinn. So she catches a cab and calls Quinn to meet him at Tara's house, his mom's house. And she's doing all of this while she's dressed as a mermaid. Yeah. It's like, don't ask. It's just part of the part of the thing. <laughs> Tara had a panic attack and once Quinn takes her to her room and Connie leaves, Minnie stays with Quinn for a bit. It is like quirky and flirtatious all over again. And then Quinn straight up friend zones her, like uses that word of, I just want to be friends with her. And thus begins their platonic meeting at the ponds every week to swim, get breakfast, and talk. Oh my gosh. Like what is, what is happening? Like you can tell there's so much more between them, but yeah. Like what are you supposed to do when the guy you like is like, actually, no. I know they have really good chemistry and when they're not fighting, I like their banter. And then he just always pulls out a line that I'm like, I don't know if I could get over that. Yeah. I I don't know how she keeps coming back. (laughs) Yeah. In August, Quinn offers to help movie, m- movie, Minnie <laughs> move into her apartment. And to celebrate, they pop some champagne. And that liquid, liquid courage helps Minnie ask Quinn what's going on with them. Which, like, I mean, I would also wonder, I'm like, you open up to me more than anyone else. And we like spending time together. But, okay. And in hindsight, like, they do have... A history like they have all of these shared moments where like they're, they're not together but they're in the same space yep so she asks this he doesn't say anything back he just kisses her and things get well i mean they're like on the verge of spicy until Minnie's parents show up and really close down that mood real quick yep. so all like everything is going super well. They obviously like Quinn finally made a move and then he just shuts down and like awkwardly leaves. I think I said that awkwardly leaving happens. I think I've used those exact words many times, but I don't know how else to describe it. And it happens so frequently. Yes. There's just an a- awkward departure from one of them. <laughs> Back in 2003, Minnie had dyed her hair blonde hoping that this would change like how people at school treated her and maybe change her luck. I don't know. Whole other things. So she was the blonde girl because she temporarily went blonde. Oh my gosh. Ta-ta-ta. All right. Back to present. Quinn's been really weird ever since the kiss. Something Minnie talks about with Layla and Fleur and Beverly. And so Fleur's the other person that works works at No Hard Feelings feelings. I don't know if I've mentioned her. She worked there. And this just, every time I see this name, I want to say Fleur Delacour. And it's 
not her, but that's just what I think about with that name. So they're all getting their hair trials for Layla's wedding. And while they're there, Connie calls from Tara's house because they need some help setting up a gardening blog. And now, like, Connie and Tara are friends. So that happened. All of the women head over. And when Quinn arrives, he sort of, like, kind of apologizes for not calling her or talking to her, sort of. But he says that he just can't be in a relationship or anything right now. And he asks if he'll still see her at the ponds. And she says he won't. Which. Yeah, I know that like, part, serves him right. What did, what did he think would happen? Like, you can't keep, you can't lead her on, drop her off, lead her on, drop her off. And then be like, oh, but I hope I still see you around. It's like, no. Right. But can she we finally keep her senses? <laughs> finally, finally. She put her foot down. and. Is the right call. A month later, Minnie is talking with her parents and mentions like regretting giving up the business. Obviously. Yes. Um, and with a little bit of capital, she could maybe start it up again. And her dad has a way to help. He is going to sell some of his clocks, which I didn't even get into that. But no. he's got a bunch of clocks. <laughs> so, yeah. If anyone listens to this, they're like, where the hell do clocks come from? <laughs> you should be listening if you haven't read the book. Yeah, so read it, read it, and you'll know. <laughs> yeah, read it and then um the next month, Minnie meets with none other than Lucy Donahue to pitch her business. And it's a huge success. She's going to cater to corporate businesses and then be able to provide pies to the community. So, woohoo, win win. We couldn't have figured that out sooner, but it's fine. It's right. Okay. Well, it's like even if you want to try to be a nonprofit, you still need to have profit to service the nonprofit part. So, you need both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like they weren't very far from this answer when they initially had their fight about closing the business but it's okay we got there you know what Minnie's just one of those who it has to be her idea not Layla's <laughs> poor Layla yeah at home afterwards Minnie finds portions of a letter from Quinn it's not like all legible in places for other reasons but uh so she only has this like vague idea of what was written and he had to write a letter because she'd blocked him so he couldn't call or text her. And all she knows is that this letter, like, is him saying he wants to explain his behavior, sort of, and that he'll be at their pond on Sunday. But she doesn't know, like, when he wrote this, if he's still going to be there. She goes out to the pond anyway. Anyways, turns out he wrote the letter three weeks ago and has been going every Sunday waiting for her, which is kind of cute. That's really cute, actually. I okay. know. That okay, is really Quinn. <laughs> brownie points yes um he has been seeing a therapist also a good thing yes. and things are going better for Minnie with her parents she tells him about lucy and the whole business update like overall kind of seems like the two of them are just getting their act together quinn is finally ready to give a real relationship a try but Minnie is at this point where she feels like she needs to be by herself and she's yeah. like oh, yeah and I don't know how I feel about this, but it's, it is what it is. Months later, Layla gets married on December 30th so, so that she doesn't mess with Minnie's curse of New Year's Eve. So good friend. And at the end of the e evening, Layla tells her that she really needs to take the risk with Quinn if he's still on her mind all this time later. So like at this point, we've basically come a year 
And yeah, I agree. If you're still thinking about him, you might want to do something about that. Yeah. On her own for New Year's Eve the next day, Minnie decides to give Quinn a call, like telling him that she misses him and everything. He is about to get on a boat, though, and tells her that she should hurry down to come with. But his phone is also about to die. And it does. And, like, they can't finalize finalize any plans. But she decides she's going to try to make it. She has a mess of a time trying to reach the boat. And when she finally does get there, it's too late. She goes back home. And when she gets home, the door is already open and Quinn is there. Finally, they are in the same place with the same feelings. They kiss. It's so cute. It's so beautiful. And they decide to ring in the new year at Primrose Hill, like where they grew up. And so they're celebrating their birthdays together. And this is also when they realize that they met back at that little teen nightclub all those years ago. So cute. It's so cute. Just full circle. The end. The end. That is, that is the book. And what is telling? <laughs> okay. So one of the common themes of this book was like talking about where you're going to be next year. So Megan, where do you want to be this time next year? Hmm. Like personally, truthfully, businessly, what, what vein are we taking? I don't, whatever sounds good to you. Any, any, every, and all. Yeah. Um, okay. This time next year, I would love to have my real estate license done and dusted. I'm uh, already signed up to take the test. I just need to uh, study. <laughs> um, I would also like to have a second child by that time. <laughs> and I would love to see this podcast kind of take off and, you know, get a little more, get a little more audience because it's just so fun. And I'd love to share it with more people. So this time next year, realtor, a podcaster, and a mom to a second kid. Three things. Woo. Woohoo. Very nice. How about you, Brie? Where would you like to be this time next year? Oh gosh. Mm. I don't know. I know I asked you this question. And I like really haven't thought about it myself. I think I just got Chick-fil-A sauce on my face. Hey, that's all right. Kai can lick it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. Well, where would I like to be this time next year? Um, well, in terms of this podcast and the business, I guess like I would love to see, um, both. Yeah. (laughs) Growing, um, and like sustainable and just like, I will say that we've been really happy with the people that we work with. And so, Like, I want to continue to do that and just make sure that I'm still, like, loving what I'm doing and just continuing to, like, improve what we're doing. Um, I mean, make things better, make things better for the people that we work with. Um, I would love to have my own book finished by this time next year. Probably not, like, out in the world, but I would like to have the whole thing written and, like, potentially in process if I do want to share it with the world. Um, so I'd like to have that done. Um, and I would like to have gone like at least one new place by this time next year. That's, that is a good goal. I I'm with you. I would also like to have maybe done our, our friend trip or 
at least traveled somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would just like to see at least like one new place and yeah. uh, or more. I mean, if there's more yeah. in store for me, then that's great. Um, but yeah, that's, I'd like to have my bookshelves built. <laughs> yes. That's another good goal. Like to see some projects, some home improvement done. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. I'd love new carpet. <laughs> so nothing wrong with that. There we go. Okay. Well, final thoughts on this book. I I loved it. Again, this is another, just like one day in December. This is another just really cute, very timely novel. I love that we ended the year with this, especially with the the question the title where would you like to be this time next year I just feel like that's such a cool concept to end our first season and the first you know or the end of the year with so um I I thought this was really cute again this is um just another like feel good hallmarky again like a dark dark undertone but romantic comedy overview um so I I mean if we're gonna give it a rating I'd say like a, a three and a half I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm into it. I like it. I'd love to see this. Um, I could see this like on the Hallmark channel. I feel like this would be a good classic that they could make, but yeah, I love it for a new year's book. And, and it still has that holiday, you know, like there's still the, the lights and it's still like in the same vein of the holiday feel. So I, I really liked it. Yeah, I agree. It's a very festive feel good book that is appropriate to read this time of year when you are just looking for like an easy read well yeah did it bring you out of your reading slump that you were in did it help a little bit it did help a little bit it did help a little bit I yeah I have since I wouldn't say I've recovered but I am like a little bit more mentally stable um, <laughs> so and this this book helped like I needed something that I didn't need to think super hard about but that was just gonna feel really good yeah. and the humor in it is like very fun and lighthearted with her being mini cooper and so i appreciated all of that i did think it, i mean it's your standard like rom-com book you know where it's going and you're reading it because you you know it's ultimately going to get there it's just a matter of how we're going to get there mm -hmm. and i I liked the like complexity with this one with just bringing us back to different flashbacks different like times even like when they were born with their moms mm -hmm. and sort of seeing where their story like truly began I liked those elements a lot um I think both characters like had some qualities that I didn't necessarily care for but they seemed to work through those very quickly but they worked through them and we all got our happy ending which was really nice I think um, the best part too, sorry to cut into yours, but you made me think of it with the moms. I love that they were able to also reconcile at the end. I think that was important so that there wasn't such like a negative feeling around, especially if Minnie and Quinn are going to be together, then you might want to have a good relationship with in-laws. <laughs> so true. Everything came full circle. I also, I just think it was like a really funny concept of them being born on the same day and sort of being these enemies to yeah. start out with maybe not from Quinn's point of view but definitely from Minnie's and I thought that that was just a really like creative way to have this story so I enjoyed it and I would definitely recommend it especially if you're wanting a more holiday seasonal read and I think a three and a half is fair I would even round it up to a four if like I was just doing some stars because it is just it's cute it's quirky a little bit of a dark undertone there 
but all in all, I enjoyed it and it yeah. did help me get out of um, a bit of a book hangover. So, <laughs> okay. So if you liked Sophie Cousins, which I would say, like, I, I'm interested in reading some of her other books too, provided I'm in the mood for them. So she has a couple of others. They are Just Haven't Met You Yet, Before I Do, and The Good Part, which The Good Part actually just recently came out. Ooh. So those are definitely some books you want to check out. As we know from her bio, she definitely focuses on the rom-com. So when you are looking for that feel-good book, I think she's a good author to have on your radar. I think um, also in in the seasonality of it all, this could be a really good um, gift for someone. Like I feel like a rom-com just goes over well with anyone, like your mom, your sister, whoever. Like just a good good feel-good book. So it could be a good like stopping a uh, stopping stuffing. Stocking. <laughs> my God. My uh, brain. Oh, I'm a, yeah. Wow. Same. Stocking stuffer. <laughs> Agreed. Very good gift. Uh, that actually has my like mind going with potentially who I could give this to. No, I'm like, um, uh, my mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I would also say too, like on that note, you just made me think about it, but have you, if you see any of those like themed book baskets too, this would make a really cute book basket theme. If you were going to a party oh, yeah. like that, cause you Love could put that. in like champagne, new year's Eve type things. That would be a really, really cute book basket. There you go. A, a hostess gift perhaps. Yes. Okay. Look at a new year's Eve party with a hostess who likes her books. There we go. There we go. There you have it. Hey, that was season one, baby. That was we season one. Did it. We did it. Way to go, us. Yes. Look at us. Okay. Well, we hope you'll join us for season two. It'll be back in 2024 at the beginning of the year. TBD exactly on the day because we got a lot to figure out. But, but sometime in January. Sometime in January. Um, we'll have an awesome lineup of books. We have an amazing selection of guests coming up. So we'll talk to you then. Cheers. Cheers.